WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is episode 182. Stop number two on the 2024 WSL Championship Tour, the Hurley Pro Sunset Beach, ran its first two days of men's competition over the weekend in wild and wooly double overhead surf at Sunset Beach. We have witnessed some impressive performances from current quarterfinalists Kanoa Igarashi, Seth Moniz, John John Florence, Jordy Smith, Liam O'Brien, Ryan Callanan, Italo Ferreira, and Jack Robinson. We've also witnessed some uncharacteristic early exits from figures like Griffin Colapinto, Ethan Ewing, Leonardo Fioravanti, Gabriel Medina, Kelly Slater, Baron Mamiya, and others. The women's event has yet to commence competition, but the forecast is shaping up for a busy few days this week, and the event will stream live at worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. All right episode 182. Today's guest is someone who is into her third season on the Elite WSL Championship Tour. She is a product of her upbringing on the Garden Isle of Kauai and the incredible surfing community that has developed there. And while not a surfer who benefited from an abundance of industry support in her youth, her character and undeniable wave riding ability was recognized upon her qualification for the championship tour, where she was signed by Hurley and joined the roster of one particular Carissa Moore. The two became fast friends and they no doubt elevated one another surfing. Today's guest now has a growing reputation as one of the most powerful surfers on tour, which is a huge asset at this week's CT venue of Sunset Beach. We talk about all this and more. Please enjoy the lineups conversation with Kawhi's Gabriella Bryan. The good old clap, take one. That's right. 
How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be a world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? We can shut your lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. Let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. All right, this is the Lineup Podcast, and we have a very special guest for you today, hailing from the Garden Isle of Kauai, which has produced the likes of Titus Kinimaka, Kiala Kennelly, Bethany Hamilton, Alana Blanchard, Dustin Barca, Andy and Bruce Irons, and others. She collected 2022's Rookie of the Year Award on the championship tour with her potent brand of power surfing, carrying her into her third season amongst the world's elite in 2024, representing brands like Hurley, Lost Surfboards, Vertra, FCS, Ronin, and others. Gabriella Bryan, thank you so much for coming on the lineup today. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here talking to you. It's going to be a fun little chat we're going to have. That's right. And we were joking before we recorded. This is uh, early in the morning on Valentine's Day, so I appreciate you <laughs> spending the Valentine's Day on the podcast. That's a good start. But <laughs> No worries. It's a er- great start. Early for you in Hawaii. Are you an early riser? Yes, I am. And uh, uh, we're obviously in the sunset waiting period right now. So right. Um, waves are flat today and it's supposed to be huge tomorrow. So just in the routine of getting up early and yeah, it's, it's easy to get up early in Hawaii and go check the waves and just get your day started. Right. And are you the kind of surfer that even if it's small or even if it's gigantic, are, do you have to find somewhere to surf or are you the kind of surfer that's like, look, if it's flat today, I'm not going to waste my energy trying to find somewhere to surf. I'm going to work on other parts of my training. Yeah, no, I think I'm more like that. Like if it's flat, I know that I can still surf when the waves come up. So I'll just go train or spend the day doing something else, get my mind off of surfing for a little bit. And, um, yeah, I think I work better like that where I'm not like have to surf every day. Right. It makes sense. And, and we mentioned you're from Kauai. Are you still based over there? Are you, did you move over to Oahu full time? No. So I am still based over on Kauai and, um, I've been here since December, um, just getting ready for pipe and sunset, but no, I'm still based over there and I, I love it. I don't think I'm ever moving, but, (laughs) um, it's a really special, it's a really special place and I'm, yeah, it's home. So it's the best place for me. So yeah. And it's a quick hop, right? Over to Oahu. And as you mentioned, literally, yeah. Oh, go on. uh, It's literally a 20 minute flight. So. (laughs) I could go home and back on a lay day. That'd be totally fine. That makes sense. And so the idea of coming out and preparing for the start of the 2024 CT season, um, we just finished the Lexus Pipe Pro presented by Yeti. As you mentioned, we're in the window for the Hurley Pro Sunset Beach. Going back to December and getting ready for the year, like what does your day-to-day look like? Are you focusing every session at Pipeline? Are you mixing it up? Does... You know, does Rocky Point or any of the other kind of non-CT venues get a run just for your training? Or is it, are you just focused in on specific venues? Um, you know, back in December when I was getting ready, I was still doing a lot of gym training. Mm. And um, I was obviously trying to focus most of my time at Pipe because I'm really comfortable at Sunset. Mm. And um, it's just, as more you reps you get out at Pipe, the better you are, even if I've had sessions where I go out there and I get a straight close out and I come in but just seeing where people are taking off I think is like one of the biggest learning things for me 
Um, I do spend a lot of time at Pipe, but also I think there's a fine line between spending too much time out there and getting frustrated and like wrapped up in your mind, like, oh my God, I haven't caught a wave. And then just going and surfing and doing what like I know how to do and big carves. So there's a fine line, but yes, most of my sessions were out at Pipe. Right, right. It is interesting because you hear that from, you know, elite level surfers like yourself. It seems like the consistent answer is like, it's just time out there. And even, even Mm -hmm. listening to like John, John Florence, he's like, I have sessions where I go out and I don't even catch a wave. You know, you're just sitting there for a few hours and it is one of those places, like even a few years ago when I think it was during COVID, I can't remember, but a few of us got um, quarantined in one of the houses um, there. And I spent days just sitting in the backyard watching pipe and i'm like i actually think i've gotten better at surfing it and not (laughs) like just from watching it for eight hours a day like Mm -hmm. it's just that that exposure thing it is and it's just so mesmerizing like you (laughs) could sit as a surfer you could sit on the beach and just i could watch it all day like just it's just so awesome to watch but yeah watching it does you learn so much and hopefully my goal one day is to get the best bro of my life out there hasn't come yet but i know as long as i keep going out there and putting my time in um it'll come right and i guess that's one of the the huge advantages to being a ct surfer and starting the season out at pipe is even though it can be big and dangerous and scary and i guess pipe has like a ton of different moods we'll get into to how the first event went for you but you know, you're out there and you have opportunity, right? And and it's probably one of those lineups when it's you're not in a heat, it's like you could be out there and there's just no opportunity. But I mean, a lot of uh, surfers, men and women were saying it's so spooky being out there with just one other person sometimes because every other practice session, there's a hundred people out there and they're like your reference points for a lot of things too. Have, yeah. you, have you found that competing out there just being like, wow, I, I'm a little lost just with one other person out here? Um, actually, I almost feel like it's opposite for me a little bit. When I'm out there with one other person, it's just like, it's all these worries are gone. Like there's not anyone in your way. So, you know, and I know I have lineup spots, so I know where I want to be. And like, I grew up, we had junior pros there. We had QS events there. So I have had the empty lineup like once a year since I was like 13 or something. So it's gotten a lot more comfortable and, um, yeah, I'm pretty confident out there when knowing the lineup and where to go when it's just one other person. Right. Well, let's walk through the event, right? So, so opening round for you, it's, it's not elimination, but the goal is you have to be top two to Mm -hmm. skip that dreaded elimination round. You drew eventual winner, Katie Simmers and um, Isabella Nichols, but you had a pretty good opening round heat, like a couple of mid range scores. There wasn't a whole lot of opportunity. And then you moved into the, bracket stage where you ran into uh Bruce Hennessy you know and it was one of those it was a couple of those days where the conditions were a little bit challenging but walk us through mm-hmm. those two heats like what worked for you maybe what could you have done differently and 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 ultimately what are you going to take with you into the the Sunset Beach comp yeah uh this was a really pipe was a really tricky event for me I think that um there's so much buildup around this event. Like, mm. oh my God, it's going to be eight foot. I need to get my big boards out. I like, it's a little, it's scary. Like everything about pipe is scary and you have so much time to think about it. And then we show up and they're, the girls are on and it's like, 
it's realistically turns with the odd barrel. So you kind of have to shift your whole mindset to like, okay, it's actually kind of like a beach break out there and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to like, there's mostly turns. So I'm going out there to do turns. And the first heat I got through with doing turns, um, it was like when it's like that size too, it's kind of like broken up a little more. Like you have like the Aints bowl and then you have like, you can sit up kind of top at like proper back door. Right. And it was all right. So, um, I knew that and, uh, I love the Aints bowl. So I was like, my goal was to just go down there and sit in my little zone and get a couple scores. Um, ended up working in the first heat and I got through and then my second heat, um, it was, yeah, I came up against Brisa and she's a weapon, especially in barrels. Like if it left, she's probably so comfortable just spending so much time in Fiji and stuff. Right. So, um, I knew I'd have my work cut out for me, but then it was also really small. I think it was like two foot and, um, backdoor again as well. And I kind of got stuck in between the Aints Bowl and backdoor and I didn't move all the way down to like where I wanted to sit and ended up costing me the heat. I think I lost needing like a three or something. I could have done like one power turn and gotten it, which was obviously a bummer and um, hurt a little bit, especially because the next day was firing. Right. So right. that was just like, a, that was heart heartbreaking but um yeah I think what I can take away is just like I just got to trust myself trust my surfing ability I know I can do it um it came down to my positioning and the heat didn't come down to my surfing so um moving into sunset I know that lineup like really well it's one of my favorite spots and um I think the wave suits my style so um yeah just gonna focus on me that event and what I want to do and put myself on the best waves. I like it. I like what you said there too. Cause it's, it's a funny one. Like I think, you know, surfing has changed so much in such a short amount of time. Like this is my 19th year here, but you know, even, you know, sort of the, the commentary class online going like, you guys should move it back to December. And I'm like, I was on the beach in December for like 15 years when we used to have it in that window. And it wasn't, you know, that's kind of early season. There's still a lot of sand on the reef, but I think people have kind of selective memories of what they thought the dream tour was like, or what they thought pipe was like back in the day. And I remember that from when I was a fan, like I would just get Mm -hmm. the highlight section in the video, or I'd look at the perfect waves in the magazine. And I thought, Oh man, there's never any bad waves on tour. Like this is the dream tour. Every single heat must be firing. And that was never the case, but we just weren't exposed to it. And so what you're saying is interesting, right? Especially at pipe, because you could just have a day, you could just have a heat, you just could have a session where I was all psyched for, you know, eight foot barrels. That is not what this is. But then in the back Mm -hmm. of your mind, you're going, even at three feet, even at two feet, there might be the odd barrel that is probably going to score because this is a barrel riding event. No, how do Mm -hmm. I decide to pursue those or just go to turns? Like it felt like that was real tense for a lot of men and women on those smaller days. Yeah, for sure. And back to what you said, like pipe anywhere in the world, but especially pipe, everyone only remembers the biggest and the best days. Like you're not going to, I'm not going to remember a heat that I watched or a contest I watched at pipe 10 years ago and think like, Oh, I remember that day that it was (laughs) one foot and those people had to grovel through that to get to the perfect day. I'm not going to remember that. So yeah, everyone just remembers it good, but there's also so much stuff that we have, the surfers have to fight through to get to the good days. And 
it just makes it that much better when you get there and you have the chance to perform. Um, I mean, and it goes back also to mindset. Like you show up on the beach and it's one foot. You could stand there and complain or you could be like, it's one foot. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make the best of it. There's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser and I want to be the winner. So it's just how you, I think how you approach the situation and just try not to, for me, get into that negative mindset of, Oh, it's only one foot, two foot, but right. I'm learning as I go for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that, that final day, um, that, um, most, most competitors missed out on. Right. I mean, there were good days leading up Mm -hmm. to it. There were small days or challenging days, but I mean, people are saying that that final day at pipe last Saturday was maybe the best day of women's competitive surfing ever. Um, it was certainly amazing, you know, watching, you know, Betty Lou and, 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 uh, Molly and, and Katie and, and everybody kind of do their things. Where were you watching that final day and, and what were your impressions of it? Um, yeah, so obviously I was really bummed out. Um, but I, I did watch a little bit and I saw the highlights after, but I was out surfing at sunset, so I didn't watch it live. And, but the highlights, oh, it was, it was insane. Just, the way like Betty really impressed me her barrel at back or at pipe on her backside that was insane Molly as well and yeah Katie too they all charging and it was really cool to see that like I'm sure most of us on tour if we got the opportunity to be out there we would um give it our best crack too um but it it was so inspiring I know that Molly's put a lot of time out at pipe and in Tahiti to um prove her backhand barrel riding and it's really showing and then katie's just a weapon she just sends it so that's really cool to see and uh betty lou she's also like i know she just came back from shoulder surgery and in her off season so to see her go for it and get some of the best waves that i've seen a girl get out there is really inspiring well, let's switch gears back to Sunset Beach. We are in the the window for the Hurley Pro Sunset Beach. It is uh, late day today. Mm-hmm. This is Wednesday, February 14th. Our podcast will go up next Tuesday. So you may have well run by that stage. You personally looking at the forecast, what are you seeing in terms of conditions and how does that inform the equipment that you decide to focus on um, in, in terms of do you have like one magic board for a range of conditions or do you have like a number where you're like, if it hits this marker, I'm moving up to, to this this uh, length board? Yeah. So looking at the forecast now, I think we'll probably run on the 17th. I'm thinking after there's like a huge swell coming mm. and we'll get surf the downside of that. But um, I have a really good quiver for sunset. Um, Matt, Matt has like dialed in his Hawaii boards so well, like it's insane. So I ride anything from like, if we're at sunset point, I'll ride a six Oh, and then my biggest board is a six eight if it's huge, but I probably won't ride that. I like to stick in the six two to six six range for like West bowl and like main sunset. Um, so yeah, I'm riding all step drivers and, uh, I have my one favorite in each size. So those ones are on ice and I know that I can just jump on them and they'll feel good under my feet. And I've, I got a whole new quiver this year, so I've been testing them out and they just work insane. So I'm really excited. And your particular brand of surfing at Sunset Beach, you've had great success there already at the CT level. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Absolutely. As far as events goes, do you feel like this is one where you've got a great shot to win? Um, And if so, like, because you've had great results already there, like, what's that next level of going like, okay, now I'm in the finals. Now I'm going to win this event. And, and, and that's kind of a career marker that puts you up to that next level. Yeah, for sure. Sunset has, it's like, I feel like it's my spot. You know, you have these connections with these spots around tour and I'm sure everyone has a different one, but sunset is like, I don't know. I just have such a good feeling about it. And I, have competed so much there. I got my first pro junior win there. I got my first QS win there. So hopefully now it's my first CT win. That would be a dream. And I just, I don't know, like you said, it just fits my surfing so well. I'm really known for my power and I can just go into a bowl or a section there and just push as hard as I can. And it just feels so good. So yeah, going into it, I obviously want to win, but I've also learned that like, I just got to take it one heat at a time, not get too far ahead of myself because that's very easy to do uh so hopefully i just want to put up some good surfing and do some really good performances because that would be really cool too well we love watching you surf uh, anywhere but <laughs> i'm really looking forward to watching you do it at sunset beach um the hurley yeah. pro sunset beach the window's open now it's going to be open through february 21st so by the time this episode airs will likely be well into competition for all the listeners out there. Make sure you catch all the action on YouTube, worldsurfly.com, the WSL app, and ESPN+. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. All right, we are coming back from break. This is the Lineup Podcast. I am Dave Proden. I'm here with Kauai's Gabriella Bryan. 
so Gabby, let, let's walk it all the way back. Let's talk about where you came from. Um, born and raised in Kauai. What was that like? What did mom and dad do? Brothers and sisters? Like, what was your early life like? And, and how did you get started in surfing? Yeah, growing up um, on Kauai with my family, it, it was a dream. My dad um, owns a construction business, so he builds houses. He's still doing that. And my mom also helps run the family business. And every day after school, they would pick us up and we'd all just go down to Hanalei and surf. And I guess that's probably where my love for surfing started is just spending every extra hour that we had at the beach. Um, I fell in love with it. I couldn't get out of the water. And especially having an older brother that surfed, it pushed me to be good and want to compete with him. And um yeah, I, I seriously don't know where I would be in life without surfing and growing up where I did. Yeah. And it's one of those communities we, we mentioned, you know, just what, like paradigm shifting icons in as far as surfers go that, that Kauai's produced. But it it's it has this interesting tension, at least I think for outsiders, where it seems so special, it produces amazing surfers such as yourself, but it's still like respectfully protective and, and secretive in a lot of ways. And we've heard all the stories throughout the years where it's like, you can't film there, you can't film there. Not even the Irons brothers could film there. Is that the truth? Are you guys kind of a close knit community on Kauai and, and, you know, um, really protect kind of the places that, that, that you're able to serve? Yeah, for sure. I think the community is one of the best things about Kauai. It, it, and it's, everyone cares so much about it. It is such a special place. And we're just trying to, people are trying to keep it like how pristine it is for future generations, which I think is super special. I mean, you see all these places around the world that are changing so much. And don't get me wrong, Kauai is changing too. Right. But just how the community is protecting it and keeping it special is also, it, it makes me so happy because I know how much of a special place it is and how much history it has. And it, it's, it's just amazing that that piece of the earth is still as pristine as one of the most pristine places. It's one of the most beautiful places we have in really good waves. And like you said, the community, the community is just like the best. I remember growing up there and I mean, you're obviously kind of like not in the center of attention there, for obvious reasons, you can't film, which is understandable. But um, I grew up and I would go back to Kauai and it was almost like I was forgotten about because I was over on this rock in the middle of the ocean. And um, the community, like I never had a main sponsor growing up and the community around me is literally what got me to where I am. Hmm. I can't begin to tell you how many people would just come up to me and was like you got this we support you we know you can do it you surf so good just continue to work hard and believe in yourself I would go to train with Dustin Barca and I did boxing for a while like it just is crazy without the community I wouldn't be where I am yeah and you also were able to travel at a pretty young age too right you're able to spend some time in Indonesia and and I mean, it, it just seems like it's, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon, right? Because you, you talk about that community in Kauai, there's you know, a similar community in Maui where it's, it's not necessarily the center, historically the center of the surfing world because of how much attention Oahu and the North Shore gets. But you have these pockets of community with 
such amazing surfers, whether it's Maui, whether it's Kauai, whether it's some of the other islands, sometimes it's really hard to actually leave because, as you said, it's such an amazing place. But to develop into a world-class surfer, to, to pursue a career on the tour, you have to get comfortable leaving paradise in a way. And it, it sounds like you were able to, to get comfortable doing that from an early age. Yeah, so my dad spent a lot of time in Indo before before I came along. So when I was young, he um, took me there, my whole family there at five, we went to Neos and that was my first international trip. And I've actually been back to Indo like eight times since then. So yeah, I have spent a lot of time. And one cool thing that um, my parents did was they like took me on free surf trips before we dove straight into just like traveling for competitive surfing, mm-hmm. which I think was super, just super awesome because I was traveling for the love of surfing. Like we were traveling to go get good waves and spend time as a family and just surf our brains out, which was awesome. And he would actually, when I did start competing, we'd go to Indo every summer before our nationals. And it, it just, you surf so much and you just love it so much that it turned over into competitive surfing and you're just so in love with surfing that you do good. So yeah, I've been surfing. I mean, I've been surfing and traveling since I was like, I think I did that at like six. I went to Indo for the first time. I, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. You, you mentioned uh, Dustin Barca, who um, former CT surfer, amazing free surfer as well. Um, and you mentioned, you know, training with him, you know, boxing, jujitsu. For, for you, did any of these other interests or any of the ones that maybe we haven't talked about, did they ever interest you in the sense of like, well, maybe this is the path I'm going to take and not surfing? Or was it just surfing from such a young age? It was definitely surfing from such a young age. I um, I remember I did the Irons Brothers contest. It was my first ever contest. And I won like the cakey pushing division. And from that day on, I was hooked. I was like, I want to compete and I just want to, I want to win surfing and winning. That's just what I want to do. So it was surfing from the very beginning, but then also, like you said, I did jujitsu, like me and my best friend, we did it together and it was just something fun. And I think it was also really good that I did other sports besides surfing Right. and then boxing. Um, I don't know. I started that at like 12 and I, before I still am, I'm a very shy person and pretty quiet and kept. So I don't know. Maybe my dad put me in it to like kind of just like get me more fired up and more of like a feisty person, I guess. I don't know. I like it. I think that's pretty good logic for sure. <laughs> you know, you mentioned, yeah. you know, you didn't have sponsors from a young age and, and surfing, you know, it, it is a community obsessed with the cult of youth, right? Like we love finding young mm-hmm. surfers. We We love sponsoring them early on. We love putting them in the magazines and a number of them, you know, have those opportunities and they use that support and they make it to the highest levels of surfing, whether that's on the CT, whether that's big wave surfing, whether that's free surfing. But then you have another group of surfers that didn't have all those opportunities that still found a way to get there, um, drive, motivation, talent, like physical gifts, et cetera. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that. Like, like when did that support start coming your way? Because now, you know, you're established as a critical member of the Hurley program, you know, alongside an A-team of elite surfers like, you know, Carissa Moore, Felipe Toledo, Kai Lenny, you know, Connor O'Leary, and on and on and on. You're a critical part of that. You're 
a critical part of 2023 CT Shaper of the Year, Matt Biolis's Lost Surfboards team, putting up good numbers for mm-hmm. him, um, and, and a number of other sponsors now. But talk to me about how that first started coming your way. Talk to me about that transition from maybe being under-recognized to, to having the support. Yeah, for sure. Growing up, like I said, I had no main sponsor until I made the CT. But looking back on it now, I wouldn't change a thing, um, which is really interesting because in the moment I was so bummed, like all my, all the girls around me that were at Surfing America and just like didn't live at, on Kauai, they all had main sponsors and it was a little bit uh, discouraging to say the least. But one thing that I will always cherish is the amount of people that came around me and just like supported me and uplifted me and did everything they could, even though they weren't like the main sponsor handing me money. They just, people's encouragement is to me was so much more than a sticker on my surfboard. Um, And that also falls back into community and stuff like that, where I would not be where I am without them. And my parents, my parents were like the, they were the main sponsor my whole child, young career Um, without them. I wouldn't be able to have done all my amateur, all my QS at the time, all that would not be possible without my mom and dad. So when I eventually made the CT, I had this, I was also very happy for myself, but the amount of happiness I got from honestly, just like, I was like, I did it for like the people that supported me and believed in me and like they knew I could do it and they were right and I did it and I'm on the CT it just made myself happy and made me so proud that I could do it for everyone that believed in me but also like Matt Matt Bios has been one of my biggest supporters I think I got my first custom board from him at 12 and um yeah he without him I wouldn't be where I am he put so much hard work and his heart into building the best boards for me and the whole team. So I owe a lot to him. Uh, um, yeah, I seriously don't know where I'd be without him. And now that I'm on Hurley, it's super, it's super awesome because I've got to meet so many cool people, like you said. And it's really funny because I would say Riss is one of my b- best friends now. And I really only met her like three years ago when I got on Hurley. So that's like, that's crazy because we're like, I traveled with her last year a bunch and we, it, we just clicked. So it's just cool to see now that I was on Hurley and I'm like the teams that I got brought into how like friendships have been made and stuff. And yeah, I'm really grateful for how everything worked out and I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Well, it's well earned. And I think that's one of the nice things about surfing, right? Is there's not really anywhere to hide, you know, whether it's a yeah. platform of, uh, here's my free surfing videos, or it's the platform of the QS or the CS or the CT. Like, you have the opportunity to show people what you're about, you know. And and I mean, Mitch Salazar is a, a co-host of mine on this podcast every so often. And for the last few years, like we do a segment called Winners and Losers after every CT, which isn't just about like the results, but like who really wowed us. And yeah, I would say that you're probably team lineup or team lineups, <laughs> one of our favorite surfers, because we're consistently being Thank like, you. did you see Gabby Bryan? Holy crap. <laughs> and like, I, th- I think that there's a version of that that's probably translated to the support you have from your sponsors now. And, you know, even, 
you mentioned Matt Biolis, like he's not one to, to offer faint praise, you know, like he's, he will tell you exactly how he feels. And I think even in the last couple of weeks, he must've posted something on social media where he said, I think pound for pound, Gabby Bryan's the strongest power surfer on the CT. And I'm like, yeah, we've been saying that on the lineup. Thanks for agreeing with us. But it, it, it is, it is like you are, you are creating your own identity just through your work, which I think's awesome. You, you talked about Matt, you talked about getting a new batch of boards this year. When you say you get a new batch of boards, like what is he changing? Right? Because if they're working pretty well, like how radical are the changes um, that he's putting into your equipment for 2024? Um, well, I actually, for Hawaii, I didn't change much. I just, I had my couple of favorites, but I also broke like a few last year. So I just sent in a, my serial numbers on my favorite models. And um, I just got replicas of that in different sizes. Um, I'm sure he makes a few tweaks because he's a magician in the shaping room. But uh, I personally like to keep things very similar. I don't like changing it up too much. I know that like, I did ask for a little bit more foam in my sunset boards because I just think I'm getting stronger and I, I can push it. So I was like more foam. I, if I can push it, I'm going to ride it. It's not going to hinder me to only help me catch waves and stuff. So I kept it very similar, but I'm sure he's made a few tweaks. <laughs> Are you the kind of surfer that memorizes every single dimension like you know length height width to the like the fraction and you know you know all about or are you just like because i've seen them both and or are you just like that board worked and that one didn't and here's why and then the shaper is like i will interpret what you say and i will make those adjustments yeah i'm probably more like that i actually have a funny story that um last year on tour i started working with richard dog marsh right. and i i don't know i went I forget where it was i think it was brazil i was like no it was el salvador i'm like we're like going through my boards. He's like, so which one's your favorite? And I'm like, yeah, my favorite. It's at home. I'm icing it. And he's like, <laughs> what? You're icing your favorite board for, and you're here to contest. And I'm like, yeah. So now I, ha um, I write on the bottom, like with a Sharpie, I number them and write, like I have to make names for them. So I know which <laughs> ones are my favorite. And yeah, I'll just send Matt pictures of my favorite dimensions and, that's how I keep track. So, okay. No leaving the magic boards. I love this. What's the name of your favorite board right now? Okay. So I have um, a few. There was one that I buckled, but it still works super good. It's called the Kit Kat because it's like have a break, have a Kit Kat. So I <laughs> have a board named the Kit Kat. Uh, what else do I have? I have, I don't know if you noticed, but my boards are really colorful. So I have one named Skittles. Okay, I like it. That's really good. Um, and then the one that I forgot, the magic one, is called Missy because it's missing. So I think <laughs> I, I like think this one. I think I think Connor actually came up with that. He's like, that one's got to be named Missy. That's great. I love this. Yeah. Well, and Matt, yeah. you know, he's one of those shapers too that has. He doesn't just make Ferraris, right? He makes like you know. Five five by nineteen and a quarter is probably one of the most seminal surf films of the last thirty years, right? He's got a number of fun shapes, a number of fun performance shapes. For you as mm -hmm. a, a elite level surfer, do you ever let yourself like hop on a fish or hop on a single fin, or are you just like, nope, the blade has to stay sharp at all times. I'm I'm surfing these boards um, while I'm on tour. 
No, so actually this off season I got a um MR California twin pin. Oh my gosh, it is the funnest board I've like it's so much fun. I actually rode Brissett. She got me hooked on it. Like there's a bunch of ladies one day at this event and she brought one and it's so fun. I think before I didn't used to get on different boards i used to like think oh it's gonna mess my surfing up but <laughs> i definitely got on some fun boards this um off season and it, it brings this you back to just how fun surfing is like we can just go out on a twin fin and just cruise down the line it just makes you draw different lines too which i think is super cool mm. and just gives you a different perspective although i always try to like do power cars <laughs> on twin fins <laughs> you know you mentioned like that Carissa is, you know, one of your best friends and that's a, a recent friendship and that you guys traveled on tour together. And it, it is interesting watching, you know, the world's best surfers, you know, navigate the world, navigate the championship tour, because we have seen pockets of groups, whether it's been the Brazilian storm or the San Clemente cyclone or whatever they're calling themselves, 2% crew, um, <laughs> or even, you know, the, the younger Australian group. And, and there's a lot of support in these little groups that you've seen over the last few years where it's like, even if someone loses out early, they'll stay at the contest, they'll cheer on the other buddies in the group and sort of a strength in numbers thing. And then you have some surfers that they're on their own program. Maybe they've got a big group already with, you know, manager, trainer, you know, shaper, whatever, um, family members. Um, and, and they're kind of set apart where do you fall like personally on tour? Do you like having like a, a, a bigger support group of competitors? Do you like it, you know, maybe more one-on-one -on -one with someone like Carissa or do you, do you consider yourself, I, I'm just kind of on my own program. Yeah, this is actually a super interesting question because like the first year on tour, I was like, obviously like, I was like shy and like almost like, Oh, I don't want to like step on anyone's toes. And then last year I feel like I really opened up and, found my spot on the tour and yeah I spent like I said a lot of time with Carissa and it's just you find people that you just click with and I think that everyone does and obviously most of the girls on tour are all friends so you're like pretty much friendly with everybody but you just have the certain people that you can you enjoy spending your downtime with and for me that was risk and um I don't know. It's just so easy and natural. Like we would just do fun things. Like we'd go get our nails done or we, we fell in love with playing board games like Monopoly Go or Pictionary. And it was just something that we looked forward to doing. And um, we had so much in common too. Like both from Hawaii, we both love where we're from. And hmm. um, yeah, I now, now that she's not on tour, which is very sad and I'm going to miss her a lot. I'm happy for what she's going to pursue now, but um, I also am really close with Connor O'Leary and Ryan and because um, we all have work with Richard Marsh. Right. And I think that has also been one of the best things because they bring a like fun, fresh energy where they don't, it's not so serious all the time, which I think is super important. Mm. And I think when you find a crew that makes everything easy is this it's just where you belong so yeah i've definitely found the people that i like to hang out with and spend my downtime with yeah and all those people yourself included i guess one of the nice things if you're like a world-class talent is getting to spend time with other world-class talents like carissa or ryan or connor or even them getting to spend time yeah. with you it it takes whatever level you're at and even if you're having fun 
you're just rubbing right up against someone who's so, so good. And you're like, this is sharpening yeah. my own surfing. I remember like Dane Reynolds said this years ago when he was on tour because people were like, oh, go off tour, do free surfing. So he's like, yeah, I can do that. But like he, he did kind of admit he's like the the cool thing about being on tour is that it, it, it forces you to surf your very best, you know, like because yeah. you're just around the best surfers all the time. You were you were sharpening yourself even when you're surfing by yourself and training because mm -hmm. you're at that level. And, and, you know, there's plenty of like stressors as well to go along with that. But I thought mm -hmm. that was a really good take, especially for, for someone who's as good as that. And you hear that constantly with CT surfers is like, yeah, we have a dream lifestyle. It's, it doesn't come without stress. Like it doesn't come without mental mm -hmm. health toll. But if, if you are someone who's interested in being the very best surfer you can be, it's the best environment because you're just constantly staying sharp amongst your peers. Yeah, for sure. And I think that also comes down to like, for instance, I started working with Richard Marsh mm. last year and I, I never like realized cause I never really specifically watched Connor and Ryan, but their backhand is so insane. And when you like focus on something like you're watching, you see their footage too. You're like, you learn so much. You're like, their backhand, their surfing is just insane. So when you're constantly rewatching footage together or something like that, you learn so much as well, like you were right. saying. And I think that's super cool. Right. What's the saying? Like, the more you learn, the less you know. Like, like, where, where, <laughs> yeah. like when I was younger, I thought I was a pretty good surfer, and now I am much better than I was. But I'm like, oh no, I'm way worse. Like, just comparatively, yeah. where you're like man, no, the distance between the very best and like civilians like myself on every single thing, you know, like bottom turn technique, mm -hmm. like entry point, like I just, I am in, I'm more in awe of what you and your peers do every single year, just because I learn a little bit more. And then I, I realize how difficult that is that you guys are doing. Yeah. It's really impressive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. The level of surfing on tour is just insane. Everyone around us is, it's seriously like one of those things where like I realized it so much when I got on tour when you surround yourself with right. that much talent you naturally raise like rise up to being the best that you can be because you're like I gotta keep up it's just crazy right I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too because you're pretty fresh on tour this is your your third year and one thing I'm always interested in getting you know insights on is what the biggest difference was between, you know, QSCS level and the CT, because most people will say a version of like, just how fast and powerful and technical the CT level surfers are. It really doesn't mm -hmm. even translate to broadcast where if you squint, you're like, oh yeah, like maybe that CS surfer, that free surfer versus that CT surfer, they're all in the same ballpark. But the thing I continue to hear is like when you're actually at the CT and when you actually see them live, you're like, this is a completely different species than I thought it was. But I'm curious if that's been your experience as well. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think it's also for me, one of the biggest things transitioning from uh, challenger series to CT is that, when you're on the Challenger Series and you're a talented surfer, you can catch a subpar wave mm. and surf it like be, like you can make it happen with a not-so-good wave. But when you're on the CT, you have to be on the best waves because 
everybody surfs so good. There's no way that if you're not on the best waves, you're not making it through a heat because everyone just surfs so good that it just comes down to wave selection so much. And that was one of my biggest learning curves because I would do that. I would like be like, Oh, I can, I can make it happen with this wave. It's like not the best wave, but I can make it happen. And then you look at the back and you see your competitor who also surfs just insane. You're like, Oh, well they're on the best wave and they're also <laughs> surfing right. insane. So yeah, there goes my spot. That's a great point. We, um, we're going to take one more quick break to get a word in from our sponsors and we will return very shortly. All right, this is the Lineup Podcast. I am Dave Prodan, back with Kauai's Gabrielle O'Brien. Gabby, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. And, you know, one of the things that seems like it's a huge theme of the 2024 Championship Tour already, even after the first event, is this changing of the guard, both on the men's and women's tour um, phenomenon. And, you know, it's an interesting conversation, right? Because I think... You know, Kelly Slater being who he is and having been at this level for about 35 years has probably set a pretty unfair standard for every other elite level surfer in terms of how long they're on the championship tour. And, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where if you have, you know, world title talent, multi-world champions and stuff, if we're able to get them on tour for 10 years, that is a huge chunk of time. So, you know, you've mentioned how close you are with Carissa. She's been on tour for 13 years. Now she's she's moving on to another chapter and, and, and more power tour. I think the fact that we had her as long as we did, we're so lucky to have that. Steph Gilmore, she's taken a year off. Felipe Toledo, he's decided to take a year off. But even before those decisions, you know, you and, and your colleagues um, and your contemporaries, I, I think generationally, are really making inroads into the CT. Is that something that that you personally are aware of that you're like, oh yeah, you know, I, there's levels to this. I've been building up and now I'm ready to level up again and and there is opportunity in 2024. Yeah, for sure. Um it's actually crazy because I'm going into my third year and I I I can't even believe it. I I remember on my rookie year, I was talking with Brisa and Brisa was going into her third year and she's like if it's just just feeling like if you have anything like you want to ask me I'm going into my third year but I still feel like so fresh and I remember thinking in my head like third year if I can make it to my third year and still be on tour that I I would feel like I'm like a veteran but now that I'm here I'm like I still feel like I'm so fresh and I have so much more to give and it's just crazy because time flies when you're on the tour and um you're constantly learning and, and trying to improve yourself. And there's so much that goes into it for us that I, I think that's probably why it flies by so fast, but it is something that I, I want to stay on tour for a long time and I love it. So I'm going to do everything I can to progress my surfing outside of the Jersey and then bring it in to competition. And obviously after like, I want to improve my barrel riding and bigger waves and stuff. So I have a lot of goals for myself outside the jersey and just improving what about inside the jersey do you do you approach each season with like okay my goal this year is to you know make a semi-final or to make a final or mm -hmm. to requalify or to finish top five like do you approach each season that way and if so what are your goals for 24 yeah so i i'm a big goal person i love having goals and it's just the best feeling to ch check them off so that's obviously what I want to do and 
this year, I think my biggest goal is to win a CT event. I haven't done that yet. And um, yeah, so that's at the top. Uh, what else do I have? I obviously want to make the final five, but there's so many in between ones. Like I would love to get a nine point ride or higher. I haven't cracked the nines yet. So love to get a nine. Um, I would, my goal is to do a quarter final finish or better in the first four, four out of five in the first half. So got to do that now that I never got a quarter <laughs> at Pike. <laughs> um, what else? I want to get a standout barrel in competition. Um, and yeah, obviously everyone's goal is to win a world title. Right. Like no doubt about it. No one's on tour to not win a world title. So I'm going to say that that's one of my goals, but there's so many smaller goals to get there that I have for myself. And um, I think it's definitely a thing where you you can look at the whole picture, but you got to look at the steps to get there. And that's what I do. I just make goals that will help me get to my ultimate biggest dream and goal is a world title. It's a great point. And I think one of those goals that you've achieved since your rookie season and, and, to be candid, not every surfer does. And and that is before those results can come, y- you have to be one of those surfers who the 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 judges and the 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 surfers on tour know and understand you can post excellent scores, right? And again, to be candid, there's been surfers throughout history and certainly my time on tour, men and women who are great competitors who have maybe gotten to this level and had, you know, versions of success, but had a hard time cracking into the eight, nine, 10 range. You know, they would, they'd be very smart. They could get sixes and sevens and they had a hard time lasting, you know? And I, I think that it's a big deal for young surfers like yourself who can come in and post excellent scores, which you have, you know? And I think that's, it's such a huge psychological advantage outside of yourself, of course, for everyone to understand that. But I'd imagine for a surfer too, knowing that you've got that ability is sort of step one to be like, okay, now my goals can be like, I'm getting into the quarters or I'm making the finals or I'm going to win an event. The surfing's always got to come first. Yeah, for sure. And that is definitely something that I've learned since being on tour is that I am where I am because of my surfing. I belong where I am. And once you start to believe that, it's almost like you surf better because you're just freer and you know, in the back of your head, like I can do it, which for a little while is like, you're a little, I was a little hesitant. Like, did I get here just off of luck? Did I get here because things went the right way for me? But I've, I've learned that I am where I am because my surfing, I can put up big numbers and I just got to do what I know how to do and trust myself, which is one of my biggest things is just trusting myself yeah well you absolutely belong on tour i can't (laughs) wait to see what you're going to do at the hurley pro sunset beach as well as the rest of the 2024 ct season uh before you go we did put out some feelers on instagram at at the lineup pod for questions and uh, we were laughing just in that last break because i don't think we've ever had such a star-studded list of listeners write questions in ever this is our (laughs) 182nd episode, Um, but we will go through them. Um, First question is from at underscore India Robinson, who asks, Oh, India. Who on tour would you call if you were in danger? India, for sure. (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) I guess is the question. 
India, like, I don't know, because she's one of my best friends on tour as well. And um, if I was in danger, one, she'd probably be in danger with me, which wouldn't really, yeah, definitely be in danger together. But I'd call her. She'd come, she'd come save me for sure. I have enough trust in her. That's good. And but I, if we were if we were in danger together, I would call. Uh, I'd call Sal. Sal would come rescue us. I sh- I probably she, would too. <laughs> I'd probably call Sal. <laughs> I'd call you too. Yeah, yeah I call Sal. <laughs> I feel Sal like... would be down. She'd find a way. I agree. I agree. Well, that's a good question. Okay. Uh, next question is from at your underscore mom underscore surfs who asks, what is your favorite fin template and why? Oh, so I've actually um, been playing around with fins a little bit like the end of last season. And I love the JS large FCSs. Um, they just, I don't know. I was on Felipe's before, which I also really like. And, uh, just something I jumped on the JS's and it gave me a like the ability to when I wanted to release my fins more to bring more of like a I guess finesse to my surfing because I feel like I can find myself just overpowering everything like just wanting to go up and smash a, smash a section so um yeah I've been loving the JS template by FCS great answer and the last question that we've we've culled from the herd of questions for you is from at Jacko underscore Baker, who asks, ask her if her training is always angry like mine. <laughs> okay, so um, no, it's not always angry like yours, Jacko, but we do have the same trainer. I started working with Adam Tripaz middle of last year and Oh my gosh, this off season, I thought I might die, but that was only once I <laughs> came over to Hawaii for a, um, with me and Leo for a, um, like a preseason thing. And that assault bike, my least favorite thing in the world, I was doing like, I don't know, red intervals. And it was like 25 seconds as hard as you can with the minute rest. And I was on the ground for a solid, like two minutes after <laughs> that. So that one was angry, a few other angry ones, but no, Jacko. I think yours are a lot more angrier. Man, I really want to see Jacko Baker's angry training sessions now. But thank you, Jacko. <laughs> thank you, everyone that wrote in questions at the lineup pod. If we didn't get to yours, we will try to hit you guys on DM as well. We're now down to our final segment. It is the lightning round. So these are 10 questions for you to answer as quickly as you can. First question, if you could only have one board set up for the rest of your life, single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad bonzer, or finless, which would you choose? Thruster. Coffee or tea? Ooh, tea. I don't drink coffee. Burrito or pizza? Pizza. Last book you read? Ooh, um, what was it? It was by Colleen Hoover, and it was... The second book in the Slam series. It's really good. Best surf film ever. Best surf film ever. Anything with Andy in it. I love watching Andy. Me too. Uh, One wave you never have to go back to. 
I never have to go back to. Um, I'll probably never go back to China. Hmm. Maybe. Okay, that's very fair. Uh, if you only get to surf one way for the rest of your life and you can dreamcast it, you know, perfect conditions, just your friends, just you, whatever, which wave would it be? Oh, it would be a wave at home for sure. Can't say. Fair enough. But yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, best person to share a lineup with? Ooh, I'm going to pick a couple because it's more fun with friends. I'm going to go India, Riss, Connor, and Ryan good crew i wouldn't get many waves but that's probably not a problem for you <laughs> um worst person to share a lineup with oh okay i hope they don't take this bad but there's some surfers on tour that they're just wave magnets and it's probably not the most fun to surf with them one because they're probably very fit and they catch every wave but ethan <laughs> and Leo, they are wave magnets. Waves, you'll be sitting right next to them. Waves will just go right to them. Yeah. Well, the the, the but they're yeah. I love they're both very nice guys. Well, that's I'm they're wave magnets. I'm in, that that was a very nice way to put it. I'm impressed you name names, but that answer of like, oh, I'm not going to name anyone, but definitely people on tour. That's pretty frequent. Like that's hard. It's hard to get waves yeah. on tour. <laughs> they're uh, just they're wave magnets. Yeah. But they're very kind people. Yeah. That, well, that's, you know, yin and yang. Um, last one. Finish the sentence. I will next achieve a state of happiness by? I will next achieve a state of happiness by being myself, enjoying the journey, and giving everything I got to every opportunity that comes my way. I love it. Gabby Bryant, thank you so much for coming on the lineup. Congratulations on all your success so far. Can't wait to see what you do in Sunset Beach. Can't wait to see what you do with the rest of the season. And I'll look forward to catching up with you in person very soon. Thank you. I had so much fun talking. So that's it. That's the lineups conversation with Kawhi's Gabriella Bryan. I hope you enjoyed it. You can watch Gabriella and the rest of the world's best surfers at stop number two on the 2024 WSL Championship Tour, the Hurley Pro Sunset Beach, live on worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. Today's episode is executive produced by Jed Pearson, Tim Greenberg, and myself, produced by Miguel Clemente, with art direction by Jason Penning and copywriting by Dan Willen. Thanks to them and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. The lineup acknowledges that is recorded and produced on the ancestral lands of the Chumash and the native Hawaiian people. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are, and we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>